Today we are at DDT, uh, we're looking at their Pizza Pan show, their big show of the year, or certainly the big show of the summer, at the Fujitsu Kawasaki Stadium. Not the Kawasaki Baseball Stadium, which no longer exists, but it's a stadium in Kawasaki where they play baseball. And there's a TV show, there's a wrestling show there, and Atsushi Nita's on it. This is good, <laughs> for historic reasons. And to join me to discuss this momentous occasion, who else could it be? It could only be Mr. John Dinsdale, who's a bit sleepy, so we have to talk quietly. Hi, John. Hi. You all right? Uh, I was. Have you got your cocoa? Well, I've had about three coffees, and yeah, I should be fine. Okay, then. So, Peter Pan traditionally is DDT's big show of the summer. It's kind of their SummerSlam. Is it their WrestleMania, really, John? Would you agree with that statement? Um, they don't really put on a show that matches this in scale, so I'd say yes. Yeah, so so it is really... It's Karen. The only other big show is really towards the end of the year, so if you want to go for Mania season, this will be the closest they get. Yeah, so they've done this show at Budokan Hall before, haven't they? Yeah and Sumo Hall, so this is the, the big drawing show of the year, though the crowd wasn't massive because it was obviously COVID-restrictive. They didn't get as far as using the bleachers, they just used the in-ring area around the um, centre field, basically. And it was uh, broadcast on Abima TV and Wrestle Universe, which is where we watched it. And it opened with Kiego Nakamura with Yuko Naya, and they defeated Hideki Okatani and Yuya Kuroku in 10 minutes and 38 seconds of a very fun kind of rookies open a match. What's your thoughts on this, John? Yeah, I, you always get good quality with Okatani, Nakamura, Naya. They, they always give it every like everything they've got, even if they've only got limited screen time. It's always fun seeing them like in a ring because you always know they'll go all out. It's kind of like having... The New Japan Young Lions, you know what you're there for, you know what they're going to give you, and then occasionally they'll just bust out something where you're like, holy shit, what was that? <laughs> Their youngsters seem to have more offense than the uh, the New Japan Young Boys. The DDT Young Boys seem to have like more options. I've noticed this with the Noah Young Boys as well. It's like they're not forced into doing Boston Crab finishes. They have a bit more of a, a wide range of stuff they can do. Arkatani was... Um grafted into Akiyama's stable, so he's been training with the best. Yeah, well, there you go. It's, it seems to me like, I don't know, I kind of, I have, like, the, I like the clear delineation of the way New Japan does it. If you wear black boots and black tights, you are a rookie, and you will do this. And that looks cool to me in one sense. But I also kind of like the variety, I think, as well. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if one of the new young lions just bust out a lion salt? Yes. <laughs> Unlikely to happen, um, given they've only been working since April. But um, they're making their debuts this week because all the, the old lions have been sent on their way to Mexico. Suchi's in Mexico. What the hell can do with that big lump there? <laughs> it must be a Lucha Libre star. Let him chase his dreams. 
Yeah, okay then. I wonder if Dookie's been in his ear since when he sent him over, before they sent him over. What you need to do is this. Do it properly, I'll come back and beat you up. Anyway, but yeah, that was the youngsters and, uh, well, obviously some veterans as well in that match. And it was fun. It was it was a, a good pre-show opener. But the proper pre-show, eight man, was the fact that there was a death match, an electric current explosion death match was on the pre-show. No, no, we're going to give this one away for free. <laughs> Akito, Asushi Anita, Maki Ito, and Senshiro Takagi defeat Hikari Noah, Karu Chan, Super Sasadinago Machine, and Tetsuhiro Kuroda in 9 minutes and 35 seconds in a, quite frankly, bizarre uh, match, which is exactly what I go to DDT for. Um, yeah, it was also an intergender 10 person tag. Uh, do you want to kind of guide people through this, John, and explain what was going on? Because I, as much as I enjoyed the bright, flashing colours and the story being told in big, big forms before me, I really don't mean. Oh, that got a bit crackly. Okay. But yeah, um, Onita and Kurchan have been at war for about a year now i want to say it's like every time that onita comes to ddt for the most part it's to kill kurachan it was kind of like the sort of prankster menace of ddt because he comes from a comedy group and <laughs> makito just seems to always end up teaming up with him i have no idea why akito and takagi were there i'm not quite sure how dango machine got roped into it hikari noah wants to be a deathmatch wrestler she's kind of similar to Suzu Suzuki in that way. She's always wanting to push the limits with, like, hardcore wrestling. And, yeah, they all just ended up in this match together, and there was a lot of explosions. And, of course, I need to talk. Still a mad bastard. All I got from that, can you do that bit again? Because it went, and a need to mad bastard. Oh, and (laughs) took the first explosion because he's still a mad bastard. There you go. He is indeed. And this was just that, like, times ten. And fun. And enjoyable. It was about the most enjoyable deathmatch you'll ever see. The girls swinging baseball bats at each other is ace. (laughs) I love the fact that the biggest clip from this match was um, Ito and Noah blowing each other away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was it. It was just like, they just swung baseball bats, big explosion, and they both collapsed. It was like, well, that's, that's just ace. That's exactly what you want to see. Clearly, neither of them were hurt in the process of this particular match. But yeah, no, uh, that was really, really cool. Next up was Disaster Box, Harashima and Naomi Yoshimura, along with Raimi Imai, Yosuke Okada, and El Unicorn, because he's a unicorn, and more on him later, defeated Illusion, Mizu Watasu, Tamoru, Yuji Okabayashi and Yuki Ono in 11 minutes and 44 seconds in can what best be described as the best spot fest you're likely to see this year because that's all it was and I didn't care because I, again, I was highly impressed by the acrobatics especially from El Unicorn who made himself a star in one weekend. Uh, He has been the talk of the internet. You know, aside from everything else that's happened this weekend, he has been the talk of the internet. What are your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, this was um, kind of designed to show off the DDT Teens program, which is where El Unicorn and Illusion come from. And they both really did get to show show off against this sort of chessboard of veterans and like other rising stars like um, Tamura and 
Imai are from Heat Up, obviously Yuji Okabayashi, the bruiser of BJW, and now I just want a Harishima Okabayashi singles match at some point, make it happen. <laughs> Ino is Ino, I feel sorry for him since All Out disbanded and he's kind of been left with nothing to do but try and pull off hacker elbows. And Watase has come back after a lengthy absence, another one of the guys that was under the learning tree of Yonakiyama. And as you said, it was just a glorious spot fest. Like, they did a suplex on top of a suplex. And you just can't go wrong with that sort of stuff. It sort of gave you these dream little singles matches amongst a sort of sea of humanity. And it's, <laughs> again, it's just great to open show with something like that. Because this was like what opened the main card. And it's just hectic, chaotic, wrestling-based fun. And that's what most people know DDT for. Yeah, that's it. This, this, is, this is what you go see a DDT show for, basically. This, this kind of stuff. Just acrobatic fun. It's kind of a throwback to the Osaka Pro, Michinoku Pro days. Just like madness for 10 minutes. And that was fine. Is that, I remember I thinking El Unicorn was only like 13 or 14 or something. I don't think that he's quite that young. I don't know the exact specifics of it. I just know that it's part of the DDT Teens program. Okay. I'll, I'll stop asking questions and just enjoy the joy that was there. No, I, I wish I could give you more information, but I don't I don't have it, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then next up, we had kind of two matches at the same time. Taro Uwashi wrestled Antonio Honda, and Daisuke Dino wrestled Kazuki Hirata. I'd essentially had the same match at the same time in two different rings because they were going to do a two-string setup and they essentially had the same match. It was a three-spot match, like kick to the stomach, whip into the ropes, clothesline, roll-up, I think. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was just roll-up. Was it roll-up? It was, just... it was funny because Honda attacked Owashi as he came in and Dino attacked Harata as he came in and Honda got rolled up because he was unsuccessful and Dino got the roll-up because he was successful. So they did the same thing with the opposite result. Yes, at the same time in stereo wrestling. And the and general then... manager, Imabayashi, was not very happy. No, 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 come back here. Let's have another go. So they had another go, and both matches went to a no contest. <laughs> they kept getting in each other's way. <laughs> and then eventually the general manager went, right, we're going to sort this out. And made the two referees that had refereed the two matches work as a six-man team with the two wrestlers. So Antonio Honda, Daisuke Kisi, Kiso, that's the referee, and Toru Awashi defeated Daisuke Dino, Kazuki Arata, and Yokinori Matsui, who's the other referee, in two minutes and 53 seconds. And the refs put in a cracking performance, I have to say. Yeah, they are spent most of the, this little match getting the shit beaten out of them. Yeah. Just pulling off some incredible wrestling moves. Like, Aye. bloody. Um, Matsui had one hell of a bloody chop on him. And Kizo was just there for the bionic elbow. It was just, yeah. Like, this was a glorious little comedy of errors. Yes, it was, it was kind of like perfect fun wrestling. 
not not taxing in any way just fun you know it's like people get mad at AEW for the fun stuff they do they'd be bloody livid at this <laughs> I just love the fact they had the self-awareness to realize no one was going to be able to follow like two matches at once so they were just like okay we'll dumb it we'll dumb it down quickly but it's still going to be as chaotic as as it would be yeah no it was it was just good it's just like this that was something that kind of cropped up this week is like someone pointed out this week that they're comparing new japan to AEW and saying AEW isn't a proper wrestling program it's sports entertainment and then i pointed out yeah but even sexy chucky taylor has headlined a new japan show <laughs> and they were like oh oh yeah <laughs> so yeah He's a member of Chaos. He's a defender of strong style. You may not realize this, but yes. So, kind of thing. But this is the kind of thing that annoys the hell out of people like that. And I'm all for it myself. I don't so, get what those people want anymore. It's like, oh, AEW is not real wrestling. AEW just drew back the one guy that was the ardent defender of like pro wrestling as pro wrestling. Shut your face. I think well, what they want is... They want Enochism is really what they want. And they don't realize that Enochism was the worst drawing period of New Japan Pro Wrestling's history. They make more money now than they did during Enochi's last run as Booker. And essentially it ruined the company because they just hired these badass shooters who weren't great professional wrestlers and it was no longer entertaining. It was just kind of like, oh, all right then. <laughs> they seem to be conveniently forgetting where AEW was based. Oh, wow, yeah. Well, that's, like, if you uh, want to see Japanese rest, like style wrestling in America, watch New Japan Strong. Yeah, this is it, and it is just like the 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 thing is though, like episodic TV wrestling, like AEW has to be a mainstream wrestling show. Can't be like two weeks on, two weeks off, big pay per view. Like it is in Japan, you just can't do that. That's the way. It just you know, it's you've got to keep people interested. You've got to have a big roster. You've got to rotate people around. You've got to have ongoing storylines that are. Some things are a bit of fun, and some things are serious wrestling. And you kind of, it's a big variety show. That's what North American wrestling is. Yeah. So like, do you want the? That was something somebody put on the internet this morning, which just made me howl. But it's like. Oh, God. It was then somebody pointed, posted a picture of Nick Khan and they said, he may know how to make money, but he doesn't understand how to run a wrestling show. And I'm like, yeah, that's his job. As much as I dislike him, I think he's wrong. And he's got some really daft ideas for WWE. His job is to make money because it's a business. If you want your wrestlers to be employed and all of these people you want on the Indies to have chances and all these people from Japan to come to the US, you have to have wrestling companies that are profitable. Otherwise, they won't come. <laughs> That's how it works. You know, but there you go. I've just seen this sort of diehard spirit from the indies at the moment where they're like, we don't even need to go to big companies. There's only a ceiling on the indies if you let it get there. I think that's it. I think that's DDT's proof. You know, 20 years ago, with someone called, let's have a really, really hardcore comedy promotion. <laughs> Everyone went, that's never going to last 10 minutes. 20 years later, here we are. You know, they're the second biggest promotion in, in Japan. Really? They're bigger than Noah are. 
they're bigger than all Japan are. So, yeah, they really did. I must admit, the others came down a long way for them to catch up. But they're still, like, you know, they're still there. They have a mu- they move the needle much more than Noah do. Um, so, yeah, it's what it is, isn't it? But I think that's the thing as well is, like, I think the indies in the US are a lot closer to Impact and A&W than they used to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. You, you know, there's... If if you can take Nick Gage and walk off a GCW show and headline an AEW show and get that kind of reaction that he did and have that kind of match with Jericho and get over and just go back to GCW and say, I'm quite happy doing what I'm doing. You know, that's that that's the way it should be. Like I remember reading interviews with Benoit and stuff saying like if you wrestled in stampede you could wrestle anywhere because it was world class and then as things got like in the late 80s and as it moved into the early 90s it was no longer world class anymore and you were a couple of steps behind what was happening in new japan but that's essentially what's happening on the indies in the us now they're just as good as talent wise and standard wise is just as good as what AEW and impact are doing ring of honor are doing wwe is a different thing but yeah it all works and it all makes sense so, yeah, so we've kind of gone off this point there a bit, but anyway. Uh, hardcore tag team match next, where the 37 Kamina, Mayo, and Shinma Katsumata were defeated by the dream team of Chris Brooks and Yun Kasai. Brooks, his birthday today, actually, as we're recording this, we're recording this on Tuesday, though you probably won't hear it till Monday, but um, Kasai and Brooks were a cracking tag team, and Chris Brooks did say, this was one of the, the dream moments of his life and was having to pinch himself as he walked down to ringside because Yon Kasai is one of his heroes and he got to tag with one of his true heroes in a thoroughly entertaining match. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, this this was amazing. It's got four of my favourite wrestlers in doing what they do best. And it's been a while since I've got to see a proper hardcore Shunma match and I was just so happy with this. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was really good. Obviously, I know the historical importance of Cassie and Brooks tagging together. Can you give us a bit more information on 37 Camino? 37 um, Camino were basically formed in the sort of dissolution of All Out. So it's Mao, Shunma Katsumata, Yuki Ueno, and Takashita. They mm-hmm. are all basically massive sauna fans and kind of just formed a faction around that. Okay. Now, yeah, that's all the law there really is they're just really good wrestlers banded together by their love of saunas <laughs> and being cute that's kind of how it goes you will often just see photos of them all together in various states of undress in a sauna being bros it's yeah it's what they do really that's that's fair so there was not- <laughs> Broish here as they were throwing Lego at each other <laughs> and breaking more plastic tubs than a temper tantrum in a toy store. It was just, oh, this was fun. Was so <laughs> uh, but then we move on to the first championship match of the evening. It was for the KOD six man tag team. Championships, the current champions, Damnation, Soma Takao, Tetsuya Endo, and Yuji Hino defeated Eruption, the former champions, Kazuta Higuchi, Sakayakai, 
and Yukio Sakaguchi in 11 minutes and 34 seconds. This had a lot of stuff going on in it because um, Akai and Hino have an interesting relationship <laughs> as far as their rivalry is concerned, which eventually, which essentially meant no selling each other for most of this match until eventually something had to give, which was Saki Akai. The bit that makes this interesting is the fact that Yuji Hino is a massive dude and Saki Akai is a massive dude well, very tall, but very slender woman. But she did not back down. And uh, she took an ass whooping and kicked out more times than perhaps she should have done. Because <laughs> I would have done after about the first time I took a shot like that and landed about three rows back. But it was absolutely stunning to watch. A really well-told story. I really enjoyed this. What's your thoughts on it, John? Yeah, as you said, this was a great little story told in a great little match with a few little moving parts to sort of make sure nobody got forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> Hino is fucking incredible. Like I love Yuji Hino. He's just such a badass. And yeah, to have Akai square up to him the way she did and take as much as she did is a uh, quite the merit in of itself. Even if she didn't win, I, I imagine I'd take one of those chops and just cry for the next week or so with a tub <laughs> of ice cream, pretending the world doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I will. I will like. To, I love Yuji Hino's name, just because Hino is a brand of truck in Japan. So his name sounds like huge truck. I mean, he hits like one, so it's accurate. Yes, it is. Also, do not misspell his name if you're at work and searching for him right now, because there is an actress called Yui Hino who appears in art films that may require her not to wear clothes and do things with other people. <laughs> As I just discovered when I looked up and didn't put the J in Yuji. Um, but there we go. <laughs> just put that out there for you. I'm at home, thankfully, so that's fine. <laughs> Show on fact of the day. <laughs> yes, be careful out there, kids. You never know what's happening. But yeah, um, yeah, no, it's just fun. It was a blast. It was Even ace. He's a background character. Sakaguchi is still one of the scariest men in DDT. Yes. <laughs> Christ. He doesn't do a whole lot in this match, and he still manages to keep the shit out of everyone. <laughs> oh. I, it's got such an interesting look for a Japanese wrestler, because, like, for those of you not seen him, he's covered in tattoos, which for any Japanese male is a life choice that is really interesting because up until recently, that's something you just did not do. He's got a really heavy tan. He rips up really well. So he always looks really muscled, but it's quite clear he spends a lot of time presenting himself well, if that makes sense. So his muscles always have really good definition and he's got these tattoos and then he dyes his hair blonde, which obviously for a Japanese guy, that's a whole different thing as well. Um, also has a Bachelor of Arts in Engineering. There you go. One of my favourite <laughs> matches he was in was um, it was one of the Eruption Six Man tag defences, and it was on one of the um, street shows. And it said, "Who was it? it was Dino Harata? Maybe and um, oh, I've forgotten a name. You know the one that um." Got into a whole lot of trouble for shooting. 
Oh, Yoshihiko. Yoshiko. Not Yoshihiko. That's the inanimate one. <laughs> Yoshiko, not Yoshihiko. Yoshiko, yeah. Yeah. And they were. They were fighting around a fairground, and their best way to. And it's not the first time they've done this. They had another match, and their entire thing is that Sakaguchi laughs very easily. So all they did was they spent the entire match trying to make him laugh. So they do anything. So they're just assaulting him with all these jokes and gags. And then in the um in the street fight one, like Sakaguchi just attacks them all with a foam cannon. It's it's genuinely just such a glorious clusterfuck. It's so fun. And again, he's just another one of these DDT wrestlers who can do it all. You want a badass shooter? You've got it. You want someone to scare the shit out of your children? You got it. You want someone to do a comedy match? You got it. It's like most of the wrestlers in DDT are Swiss Army knives. It's incredible. There you go. Yeah, it's they they just like do they do shows that are just like full of great wrestling. This card is entirely full of great wrestling, and the two matches to come have great wrestling in them as well. Um, but it's it it's um. It's just solid stuff. It's well made. It's a show that you really enjoy. Yes, there's daft stuff in it because it's DDT and you kind of pay your price for admission to get the daft stuff. But it's fun daft stuff. It's not painful daft stuff. You know, it's comedy wrestling well done. And even then, you get big, heavy stories like Akai and Hino. You know, his Hino, who clearly doesn't want to wrestle a woman, but is forced into it because Akai makes her, makes him. And then, you know, she eventually succumbs to him, but she puts up a hell of a fight to get there. And that's a good basic storytelling device. And it's done really, really well. Shall we move on to the semi-main event? Yes. This was is a surprise. Daisuke Sasaki, <laughs> Daisuke Sasaki defeated Yuki Ueno in 17 minutes and 20 seconds of a DDT Universal Championship match. And it was really, really good. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Because I thought it was, I think, like, I go along with the, the cage match um, uh, uh, listing on this, which is, he says, going back to it again, it's 5.78. It's not the best match on the card. It's still very entertaining and well worth watching. And it's just the right length and just the semi-main event you want it to be. But I don't think it was like tear the trees up good that perhaps uh, it could have been given the guys involved. Or am I am I off the mark? What did you think? Well, I think the reason it gets such a low like rating is because Uno has basically been ever since he's gotten the Universal title, he's been an ace. Like ever since he sort of broke away from Nautilus to which he was with um, Naomi Oshimura. So they were like the tag champions for the longest time. Then he broke away. He's obviously joined the 37 Kamina now instead of being a disaster box wrestler. He's really sort of come into his own. He's one of he's regarded as one of the best wrestlers in DDT. And he doesn't show a whole lot of that here because he spends most of this match on the back foot. But again, that's that's a good thing to have because you tend to forget with like part of wrestling is selling. And Uino sells like death here. He spends half the match pissing blood out of his forehead. It's, 
it's a nasty little match with like Sasaki really leaning into the villainous side of damnation instead of this sort of gray area you sometimes get with like rest other damnation wrestlers like Endor, where they're that good of a wrestler you often forget they're a villain. Like Sasaki Sasaki's guilty of that as well on occasion, but here it's just he's in full on villain mode. And he's doing terrific things to Uno just so that he doesn't have to face this like excessively good wrestler. I just think that's a nice little story. Yeah, it makes sense. I will point out uh, Daisuke Sasaki, one of my followers, uh, Sarah Kerchak, the uh, writer and um, book writer of books and many uh, different magazine articles for music and films and all sorts of things. That's her favorite wrestler. Um, thought I mentioned that. So the first time we've covered it on the show. <laughs> he was one of the first DDT wrestlers I ever saw. Because he was fighting Masahiro Takanashi. And it was just both of those guys blew me away. So I started following DDT more often. There you go. Yeah. No, it's just it's again it's just good storytelling, isn't it? And it's it's well put together. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. And you know it's there was a bit of a blade job in this, and yeah, it was good. And we get to the main event, the KOD Openweight Championship. Junakayama, the champion, who's had an epic run with the title, elevated the company, elevated the championship, but he lost the championship to Kansuki Takashita in 24 minutes and 43 seconds. Akiyama going to DDT was a bit like the world coming undone a couple of, what, 18 months ago when he joined the company. He was the guy who like helped found Noah. He was the guy who was one of Baba's last. Like if I say it, he was Baba's last creation, I suppose. I mean, Marafuji were Baba's last creation, weren't they? They were the guys that really were seen as the future of all Japan, and then the start of Noah. And then they left, and he went back to book all Japan again as as the lead booker, and really rescued all Japan from almost certain closure. And then when his time was up with O.O. Japan, he goes to DDT. And everybody went, huh? But he really has done his absolute level best to fit in with the philosophy of the company and reflect the company as champion, which is a really difficult task to do. DDT is a King's Road-style company. It's not that far different from what he's done in the past. But it's not the same, is it? It's just not... It, it doesn't compute that Yonakiyama is a DDT champion. And then you watch matches like this and you go, this is what he's there for. He's there to make everybody else look amazing, and he does. And that's not saying Takeshita is a slouch. He was absolutely awesome in this match, and I want to see more of what he was doing. But when you've got two guys who can really go, this is the kind of thing you come up with, isn't it? And eight minutes and 13 seconds with Takeshita taking the championship. I was so impressed with this match, and I was so impressed with this level of wrestling that I think people are actually turning on DDT and finding and really enjoying and sticking around to keep watching. And that's the important thing, and that's why they hired Akiyama. What's your thoughts on this, John? So, um, fun fact, uh, Takashita is about the same age as me, and basically him and Endo were considered the aces of the company for, like, a long time. Mm. And they've continuously sort of come up against the flack of veterans recently, like Masato Tanaka like last year, held the KOD openweight title and was basically the bane of existence for Tetsuya Endo. 
this time it's been Akiyama being the bane of existence for Konosuke Takashita and yeah this this match was incredible like there are so many stiff knees <laughs> like I lost count of how many times someone gets kneed in the face kneed in the chest just need 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 to death it's it's just awesome hideously stiff very very dramatic wrestling and it's the perfect main event for a show like this no i completely again, didn't go 40 minutes no i mean me too I'm trying to think here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve matches with an interval, mind. With an interval. And they managed to get it all done in four hours. Cyberfight know what they're doing, don't they? It wasn't even that. It was three hours and twenty-seven minutes. Three hours and twenty-seven. Twelve matches in three hours and twenty-seven minutes. And the main card was only about two and a half hours. Is the bit that gets me. There's more people on this card. There's more big man matches on this card, and these guys are not reporting positive COVID tests. New Japan can't have two people in the lift without somebody getting COVID. So what? You've been really, really damn good with like COVID since the start of like the actual pandemic because they did their um, closed set DDT TV to make sure people could still work, and there was never any like tests saw outbreaks from that and ever since you don't really hear of anyone getting sick at a DDT show no it's, it's like New Japan are having, having to book on the fly all the time because they can't guarantee people being in the right place and it's also it's not helping sending people back and forth they obviously had to send Hiroshi Tanahashi back to Los Angeles to beat Lance Archer to take the title to take him back to Japan but now he's got 15 days in isolation before he can do anything he was saying he was saying did an interview from isolation this week saying he wanted to defend the US title every week in the end, but he wants to go back once a month. And it's like, I'm not surprised he wants to go back once a month, because that means he'd only have to wrestle once a month. Getting the Yano schedule, huh? Yeah, of course he does. I was yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. They don't call you the ace for nothing. Turn up in LA once a month. <laughs> defend against somebody, go back home, and then go back in two weeks. Or you could wrestle twice in two in a month, I suppose. 14 days and then isolate 14 days when you come back. But yeah, no, yeah, it's, it just strikes me as like, Noah have had no issues with it either. There maybe had one or two guys that I know of, but Cyberfight seem to have got themselves sorted. I don't know if it's because they all live closer together or they all have, or even that they all live further apart and therefore they don't get crossover very often. Uh, obviously, I think TGPW girls all kind of live in Tokyo, don't they? So that would kind of like reduce risk, you would think. But TJPW, Noah, and DDT have had nowhere near the issues New Japan have had. So pretty, pretty damn impressive. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. What's your thoughts overall on this big show from DDT, and where are they as a company? Do you think at the moment? So this show, again, was incredible. I I always come away from a DDT show with a smile on my face. Even if I don't catch everything that goes on, you can always work out what's been going on. I was slightly surprised this show didn't have English commentary, given 
how big of a tool it is for getting people into DDT. That was mm. a bit of an odd one. So I had to fall back on the good old DDT TJPW English update Twitter account for the occasional translation just to make sure I wasn't missing out on anything. But yeah, it DDT manages to be perfectly digestible. Like you can always work out what's going on. You can always work out the stories behind it and you can always sort of see what's going to happen. And it means you never feel left out or out of the loop. And they're just really good at that in general. They build their tournaments really well. They build their shows really well. They build their matches really well. You can just drop in, enjoy it, think, ha, huh, I just saw something really good. I'm going to look out for this in the future. And this show was full of matches like that. Because you could have just seen like the opening tag match and been like, oh, cool. There was a whole lot of cool names in there. Maybe I'll look back and see what they're doing next time. Or the comedy match where you're just like, well, that was weird as shit. Let's see what they do next. <laughs> or the hardcore bout where you're just like, holy shit, that's Jun Kasai. And then, yeah, you come back because you're like, this company had Jun Kasai in it. And he just put over two incredibly crazy wrestlers. So you're just like... There's always something to enjoy with DDT, and they're always going to fill that role. There is always a niche for them. And even then, that niche is continuously expanding. I suppose it's funny. DDT always reminds me of the Yakuza games because the Yakuza games always tell a serious story, and it's always very dramatic with loads of cutscenes and sort of big moments. But then. You also get all the goofy sub-stories and you help people with their problems. And in Yakuza 2, you fight a giant Yakuza boss dressed as a baby. So (laughs) it's always this gigantic clusterfuck of great ideas, reliable wrestling and reliable wrestlers. I know it sounds like I'm taking the piss out of them, but no, they, they want you to occasionally take the piss. Because they yeah. like taking the piss. And yeah. then you get a main event that outdoes New Japan in practically every way. Tells yeah. a better story, has crisper wrestling, has a crisper time limit, and nobody gets hurt. It's it's one of the best companies in Japan right now, if not the best. I think artistically they've got a match on people. I think Noah and them are currently about neck and neck when it comes to artistic delivery of professional wrestling. They aren't drawing as many fans, but that's to do with penetration and one thing and another and house styles. I think perhaps New Japan is just more mainstream, except more extremely acceptable. It's hard to say that all Japan is not a mainstream company when it like sold out Budokan once a month for 15 years. So they're a mainstream company, but they just don't have the mainstream appeal because they don't have the stars that they used to have. Um, and whereas DDT is getting that way, you know, it's got those older stars like Akiyama and Anita, but it's still putting together vital shows with Takeshita and Sasaki and Uno and uh, Chris Brooks, which people want to see. You know, Chris Brooks did really, really well in the gauging votes in Tokyo Daily Sports awards last year and i'm wondering if he does well again this year and he might be one of the top gaijins in in japan i would well he's one of the top gaijins in japan but i kind of see him probably doing better than zach saber jr may even do better than will osprey 
To be fair, him and Drew Parker both deserve to be in the top 10 for like the top guy gym this year. Because they both just had breakout. Like, like Chris Brooks was already breaking out, but like Drew Parker's really come into it and all this year with BJW. Yeah. Uh, just looking. Oh yeah, Chris Brooks is um Takashi's first challenger. Yes, he did. That's the thing I was gonna uh gonna look at. Um, They're like um, best friends, which is gonna be intriguing to see. <laughs> oh no, they used to. Well, I don't know if they've done it. Award. I'm looking at the Tokyo Daily Space Awards. Apparently, they don't do best foreigner award anymore. Um, but I'm sure they'd run one last year. Uh, I don't think they could have really ran one last year. There weren't all that many of them. Yeah, uh, well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the outstanding performance last year was Goshi Izaki. He, he got it. And uh, Takahashi as well for Fighting Spirit Award. He kind of explored. Endo, see, Endo from DDT was uh, best technique wrestler. To be fair, Endo had a standout yell. <laughs> Uh, who was it? Ooh, Strong J Machine J from, well, that's them won that for a couple of years. Newcomer Award. They didn't award a Newcomer Award last year because there weren't any newcomers, was there really, I suppose? Uh, I'm trying to think who'd get that this year, to be honest. Newcomer. Women's Grand Wrestling Grand Prix prize went to Julia. Funnily enough. That's funny. Mako Samura has only won the Grand, Women's Grand Prix rise once in her entire career. <laughs> and Yuzuki Okawa won it one year, and that's that's insane. Anywho, I'm getting distra- distracted and commentating on this. But yeah, Takashita's got the challenge with Brooks to be the next big lineup for him in a babyface, babyface matchup. Because um, Brooks is really popular, isn't he? He is probably one of the most popular wrestlers in the company. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. And we'll probably cover it on the Troopany show because we're doing more and more CyberFight. I'm still toying with the idea of covering the N1 on Today app to get me warmed up for the G1 because the N1 just finishes as the G1 starts. Um, but I've got to see what the match layouts are like. Otherwise, I'm going to be watching wrestling every day for weeks on end. It'll be like for two months. And then the Tag League will start. I'll have to start all over again. Because I'm definitely doing Tag League last year. Last year's Tag League was so much fun. And also, last year's Tag League was the most listened to tournament coverage we've ever done. Like bigger than the G1, bigger than the best of Super Juniors. It was best of Super Juniors and World Tag League, I suppose. But yeah, it's we actually... Nobody wants to watch the Tag League. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, possibly, but it is like, well, for years I was like, oh God, Tag League, I can't be doing that. And then I watched it last year, my God, why aren't more people watching the Tag League? This is ace. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, boy, it was I suppose possibly because we could we gave it nice coverage, and me and Christy started doing it together, and we was going to like oh, just a little ten minute roundup show went into hour and a half diatribes about uh, well tag teams that we loved, and Dave Finley, lots of talk about Dave Finley. So we'll see. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to the Troopany show today. I'd like to thank my guest, Mr. John Dinsdale. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? You can find me at Twitter handle John Deathman. That is the gateway of to hell to find my writings, including a very lengthy write-up about this show that I did yesterday. And I think I had the funniest method for trying to review a double singles match going on at the same time. 
You can also find opinions. And much like the Troopany show, I have my own self-funding tip jar donation thing on Coffee. If you want to keep me caffeinated, because I'm clearly not hyperactive enough. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Troop. I was find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the show at Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find the Facebook, the Troopany Show, and on Patreon where you can keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone. Thank you for listening today as we embarked upon a trip to DDT and we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. We'll see you soon. Take care. Bye.